0: This is The Dirty on 30, a podcast that spills the tea on everything 30s. Join your hosts, Melissa and Anna, as they dish on life, relationships, and whatever else they can think
1: of. Hello, guys, and welcome to the next episode of The Dirty on 30. I'm Anna. And I'm Melissa. And today we are celebrating two things. Tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day. So happy early St. Patrick's Day, everyone. Make With? sure to wear, wear green. <laughs> and we're also celebrating the one year anniversary of the two week lockdown to flatten the curve in California that started last year on March 17th. So, yeah. It's the longest two weeks of my life <laughs> right here. The two weeks of my life for reals. But, yeah. So, we're going to take. Uh, Look back at the year and see what else have we done? What else did we do? Um, How did we take advantage or how did we not take advantage of this year? And everything that we didn't cover during earlier episodes about Yeah, just looking back at our year in review. Yeah. Which is crazy to think that it's already been a year since all this happened. I would not think. Like, I keep seeing all these memes like... This is the last week when everything was normal and we didn't know about it or something. Like well, that. or like
0: this week is actually also the four-year anniversary of my my current job.
1: Oh and yeah,
0: it really just doesn't feel like I've been at this job for four years. Like,
1: what, okay, what so the heck on, happened? Why are we not drinking on this episode? Like, we have lots to
0: drink, lots to drink about, lots <laughs> to drink about. St. Patrick's Day,
1: four-year work
0: anniversary. We should definitely crack open a Guinness later. We should. Or more of this holiday wine that you still have.
1: I know. I have. So I have this box of holiday wine that we bought after Christmas because we didn't want to pay full price for that. And it's kind of like an advent calendar for wine. And we've been just like slowly working our way through it. Yeah. So we should totally do that. We should actually like put some in the fridge. Yes. Yeah. So what did I do this year? I mean, my, my year, as I, if you remember, started off pretty crappy because not only did we not go to Costa Rica last year, but and that was
0: such a letdown. It just started the year so poorly. We were so excited and then it was so such a letdown.
1: But not only that, but I, so for like, the week that we were supposed to be over there, my work dropped us to a work share program, which meant I was working minimal hours. So I was working like sixteen hours a week. I was working four hour shifts, four days a week, and I had Fridays off. So in theory it seemed like a good idea. Like and then, you know, unemployment would cover, would cover the, the rest of the salary. But a, it wasn't really I it mean, was a partial. It, yeah. yeah, but it, that only lasted like two weeks before I got furloughed. And I was furloughed For a whole three months. Now my coworker got called back earlier. Because she had other stuff. You know she's been there for like 16 years. She had the seniority. She had the seniority. But she had the knowledge to do other stuff. That I don't. Because I had only been there for one year. So I hadn't learned everything that she knew how to do yet. And so I I had to wait longer. Until she was starting to get busy. Where she needed that second person. Because it's just really me and her. So if she didn't really need a second person, I couldn't go back. And she waited and waited until it was, you know, they, they cleared me to go back. And then I went back to work for one week. (laughs) I went back. I was like, yeah, and then I I went back to work and then I had a tickle in my throat and then I lost my sense of smell and my sense of taste. And Anna Maria had to go get tested for COVID, thinking still that it was just my allergies, thinking that it was because I don't think the sense it was springtime the, there was pollen
0: everywhere. Yeah,
1: and there wasn't still there wasn't this, the sense of smell and taste wasn't one of the like the definitive. It was still early. Yeah, it was still early, so it wasn't I, a definitive symptom. Yeah, it wasn't a definitive symptom. So I took a test and I t- thought I was going to come back negative, and I came back positive for COVID. So. I had to be in quarantine again. So not only did it suck because I only went back to work for one week, but I had to take another month off because everyone in my household had to be negative before I was able to go back. And then after everyone was negative, I still had to wait a couple of days because my work was needed to rearrange. Yeah, for I don't know. Return. Just, they just needed it. Everything was still so new, even though it was already like June or July or something. But they it was so
0: new, the idea of going back, yeah, to everything. So that's they been wanted to make sure so
1: they wanted to make sure that they were following all the exactly guidelines. all the protocols. So they made me stay an extra week after everyone was negative in my house, so that I did not no one had any symptoms for like a week after.
0: Yeah. About that same time, my coworker Oscar actually tested positive for coronavirus and our work, because we weren't certain what protocols we were using as an office, all five people that Oscar had worked with that week, they were all sent home to quarantine as well. Yeah. It wasn't just, it wasn't just Oscar who had to be quarantined. They were like all five of people who were who were with Oscar have and to stay vicinity. home, have to yeah. stay home 10 days. And then at the end of the 10 days, get a negative COVID test. Yeah. Because so. they wanted to give enough time for symptoms to show up. Exactly. So everyone
1: was still like in the peak of it. So it was just kind of like being as safe as possible, being as, you know, just following every protocol to the T. And so I spent another month back at home with nothing to do, mating and, <laughs> and watching tv and doing all my grocery shopping through what is that called instacart instacart and <laughs> all that stuff so that was fun i mean it sucked because i didn't see my my parents i didn't see my family for over a month because i wanted to make sure you know my parents are older i didn't want to so to bring anything yeah, over exactly i didn't want to bring anything over to them yeah so that that really sucked so I was out of work for four months I mean the money was good because I was in unemployment and I was getting the extra money but I still missed work I still needed that motivation I still needed to missed life yeah I still just missed life and just being at home there's nothing to just do really really sucked <laughs> so that was good so as soon as every I was cleared for that Jesse and I we went to Miami so that was fun it was kind of like we're doing this. I think I I know you invited me like last minute. And it was was a last minute trip. Like I was was, like, I
0: can't go two days this weekend to Miami and back. I had others. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, we went for like three days. Well, we went for Saturday, Sunday, Monday, like Labor Day weekend. And it was just kind of like a thing we planned. I had so
0: many projects at work running that week (laughs) that I worked Labor Day. To prep for field work that was starting the next day.
1: Yeah. Well, it was just like a last minute thing. Yeah. And it was fun. I, it was my first time in Florida. It was first my first time, obviously, in Miami. And uh, the weather was really nice. This, uh, it was a perfect getaway from just like what I was dealing with at home and stuff. So that was like my first little trip. And then my family wanted to do another trip. So in for November, we ended up going to visit my aunt my my dad's sister in atlanta well near atlanta and we went in november to see her and that was really fun because i got to see my cousin diego over there and, and hang out with him and it was his birthday weekend so we you know we're celebrating his birthday and stuff and that was really fun unfortunately i did end up getting in a car accident over there I felt really bad for, my like, my cousin's car and stuff. Yeah, um, I remember you texted yeah. me, like,
0: I'm sorry I was in a car accident last weekend, yeah. and I was like,
1: wait, what? How did I not hear this story? Yeah, so it wasn't our fault. Some lady took a red light and ended up, we ended up teeing each other, kind of, and it, it really sucked. I mean, it was one of those things where you don't expect to happen, especially, like, on vacation, because, you know, my dad hadn't seen his his sister in a really long time and we were all just together as a family. But right, you're trying to keep up and good we were, vibes. Yeah, we were sightseeing in Atlanta. And
0: it's, and it's one thing to get in a car accident here where mm-hmm. you can call your own mechanic, you can call Yeah. yeah.
1: So it, it it sucked, but at the end of the day everyone was okay, we were all fine and I'm thankful I got to spend that time with them even though, you know, it didn't turn out exactly the the way we wanted, but we had already had a couple days before where we had done stuff. Yeah, and I was I was really sore. I was bruised up really bad. Like, that was probably my worst accident that I've ever had. But thankfully, thankfully, everyone came out okay, and that was that. I also went to... And for someone who had COVID, I was really, really travel. It but you
0: didn't have a lot to do and you kept planning vacations as like escapism. Yeah, but it. I
1: actually ended up going on them because I did end up going to, to Vegas in the Grand Canyon, which was really fun as well. I went with Jesse and we we were supposed to go to Chicago to see Jesse's family in Chicago. And, you know, I wanted to take advantage of actually seeing another city. But COVID was pretty bad over there and their city was kind of like shut down. So we deviated our plans and we went to the Grand Canyon. Um, We went on a road trip to the Grand Canyon and and we ended up in Vegas. And then we came home instead of because I was like, I'm still taking that time off. Like I'm taking this time off. I I need a break. Even (laughs) it was right after um, Atlanta too, like three weeks after. So I was kind of still sore. I was kind of still bruised up. But I I needed, I, needed, I needed a break already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had a Halloween party, which was, this was before. But I had a Halloween party. That well, was fun. I, I wouldn't call it a party because there was probably like six, six people. Six <laughs> people. But I had a little get together and that was really fun. But that was like it the was first like get together we had had in months, yes, practically. Yes. So it was fun to just like my mom... My mom made us tacos, so there was like tacos and alcohol and we had music and we were kind of playing like scary movies. And i have one of
0: those people that basically have been going, you know, makeup-less and in, and in leggings since the beginning of coronavirus, yeah. so it gave me a good reason to dress up, to do my hair, to do my makeup, like, you
1: know, Halloween party, Gotta gotta look sexy for Halloween. Yeah. And you were totally Barbie. Yeah. I remember now, but that was fun. It was like just the first time that we really had people over at our house. And it was the first time that I had drank like that in a really long time. I hadn't, it was nice to just let loose for a little bit because I think we had been so uptight and we had been quarantined and and I had been like depressed pretty much from not having a job And so it was nice to just let loose, definitely.
0: Yeah. So my year at the very beginning of coronavirus started out a little different than Anna's. Um, When everything shut down, my job, I work in environmental cleanup, and we actually got letters from both the state uh, regulators and the federal regulators saying that we were considered an essential service and that environmental remediation still was required to continue throughout coronavirus. So, for me, work went, continued full steam ahead. Things definitely changed. We had just, at our office, we are an expanding company. We're a pretty small business. There's only like 28 of us total across three locations. And our location is probably the biggest. We probably have 13 employees. And we had just... Uh, moved offices from a smaller office suite that we had kind of outgrown to this much bigger, really nice office suite two two suites, one for you know the bosses and upper level management, and one for more of the us underlings we call it the fun side <laughs> so we had just moved into these really nice offices, and all of a sudden the company's like we need to go work remote we we can't we can't stay in our offices even though we are considered essential. We need to try to limit. How much we see each other, not just because of the six foot social distancing guidelines, but mostly because in an office of thirteen people, if one person gets, you know, four other people at the office sick, you've just taken out half of our company. Yeah, like we can't we can't afford as a company to lose four or five people to coronavirus at one time.
1: Yeah, which is similarly what happens in my my company. Uh, Your company too, right? Exactly. So that was really.
0: Took a lot of getting used to how we were gonna coordinate things, how we were gonna coordinate equipment checkouts and things for field work. I would show up for field work and I would have reserved things online properly through our online system of, hey, I need this gear on Tuesday, but I would show up at the office to pick it up on Monday night and it wouldn't be there because I had coworkers who weren't reserving things and they were just going and taking things out of the out of the warehouse. Mm-hmm. Which was annoying as heck. Yeah, I would... But my work, instead of slowing down for the furlough, we actually, for the most part, saw a huge peak in environmental work during the furlough because we work in a lot of big industrial-type operations and buildings where people are manufacturing and machines are running, and it can be hard to do the environmental work around their day-to-day operations. So when these facilities all closed down or switched to reduced speeds they were like, we want you in here doing the environmental work while things aren't operating. Yeah, Like it's more convenient for them. So for the most part, we saw a big peak working. So for me, I guess the synopsis of my year was, you know, all work and no play makes Melissa a very sad girl. <laughs> <laughs> like all it was was overtime, 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 projects, 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 work, 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 and there was never any social life or weekend relaxing or any kind of, of downtime. It never felt like there was any downtime to relax and to de-stress. Yeah. It was just work, work, work.
1: Well, I tried inviting you to Miami. You did try
0: (laughs) inviting me to Miami, but I had three coworkers who had already booked Labor Day weekend off. And I, all of my biggest, I had three big projects tiered to start that first week of September after Labor Day. Yeah. So I ended up in the office on Labor Day. Doing all the prep work for those projects that we're starting the next day. So for me, the first vacation of coronavirus, or the first, yeah, the first time off that I took, like I usually, I'm the kind of person at at work who catches you know a just the basic cold three or four times a year and end up taking a sick day here and there and things like that. And I wasn't even taking sick days. It wasn't even. And I'm also the person who will just build on a weekend and be like, this weekend's now a three-day weekend, take a Monday off. And I wasn't taking any Mondays off. So the first vacation, the first time off that I took was all the way in November. My mom and my stepdad, my parents, actually, in November of 2019, moved to North Carolina.
1: <laughs> and
0: they promised when they moved, they were going to be back, you know, every three months. They were going to fly home, visit family. Fly back to North Carolina. Well, that certainly didn't happen because, you know, right around the time when they were planning their first three-month trip back was right around the time when travel restrictions were happening. And my my stepdad's military, so when they have travel restrictions saying – and their their base imposed travel restrictions saying that he could not leave the state. Like, literally, he's under a restriction. He can't leave the state without permission. So that ended their trips back to California. So here it is. November 2020, a solid year after my parents have moved to North Carolina, they haven't made it back to visit once, and I hadn't made it out to them to visit. I had planned on visiting them for Mother's Day, but that got canceled for coronavirus. So with everything that was going on, the big family Thanksgivings here in California were canceled, and I said, since Thanksgiving's canceled anyway, I should take a couple days off, turn Thanksgiving into a whole week vacation, and I flew out to North Carolina to see my mom for the first time in a year. So that was really fun. They live right at the coast of North Carolina near Camp Lejeune. Their house is two or three blocks away from the beach, and they live right at the intercostal waterway where there's a bunch of oyster beds and sandbars and little islands. So they regularly go kayaking, as their socially distant uh, activity of choice. <laughs> so I spent the whole week, you know, kayaking. Atlantic Ocean is way warmer than the Pacific Ocean over
1: here. Yeah. we got all the cold water. Yeah, that's what I found out in Miami. <laughs> it was just really,
0: really relieving to have a week away from work and the endless projects and to just have, you know, no responsibilities in another house and another place kind of thing. You know, a little Thanksgiving, smoked a, smoked a turkey and had Mac and cheese and Brussels, roasted Brussels sprouts with it. Mm, that sounds good. And then pecan pie for dessert. Pecan
1: pie it sounds really good
0: too. Yeah, I know, right? And that was about it. Christmases were all basically canceled again, and here we are now. It's it's March. We did make it, of course, to <laughs> New Orleans for as much as we got to do there, which was very little, <laughs> as you guys know. <laughs> but that's kind of my year in review. Is it's it was Melissa was all all work and and no play. After my trip to visit my mom, I went into like serious quarantine when I got back, A, to make sure that I didn't catch anything while I was on the plane, but B, because I have a a little sister out here on my dad's side of the family that was having surgery at the end of November. And I wanted to be able to see her at Christmas and the whole family everybody who was going to Christmas went into a pretty serious quarantine so that we could see my little sister for Christmas without possibly getting her sick. Yeah. Um, because of surgery. So
1: I've just been like a homebody. I've done nothing. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I've done a bit. Yay. I did. I'm, I'm happy. I'm not as happy as I should have been like more productive. Oh yeah. We should have been the gym people. <laughs> I bought the, the one year of the, you bought a one-year Beachbody. Beachbody, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I bought one. Year, I one-year subscription to Beachbody, and that got used for like two months.
0: No, I'm not person. Oh, at the beginning of quarantine, you know what I forgot to mention? In April, I sprained both of my ankles, and that was oh, yeah. that was the end of Melissa getting any kind of exercise <laughs> gains in the beginning of quarantine because I was literally stuck on my couch with crutches for six weeks. Yeah, so I definitely was on the quarantine 15 side of things, not on
1: the, not on the... Uh, like I mentioned before, it was quarantine 50 for me. It was horrible, but we will lose the weight again. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We've
0: been doing some 30-day fitness challenges, you know, picking ones with exercises that we like, which probably <laughs> isn't the best strategy. We should be picking the one with exercises that we hate, <laughs> since those are the exercises we need to do. Yeah, but it's still been fun nonetheless. But the, that is our year recap of everything we've done yeah. for the past year. What have you done during coronavirus? How's your one year looking? Did you make gains or did you uh, <laughs> gain the quarantine 15 like we did? Right. Have you done any coronavirus travel? Because I'm, <laughs> I'm not certain if I recommend yet, actually.
1: <laughs> I mean, I had some pretty good ones, but I wouldn't say that I would go... Into like clubs or anything like that. So it was just low key vacations. So if you're going to travel, do low key vacations where you're not doing busy, busy stuff. Where you're not trying to actually be a tourist. Yeah.
0: Good luck for California and our flattening of the curve. We're still mostly failing at it. (laughs) So it is starting, the numbers are starting to get better. And let's hope that this doesn't last to a second anniversary because really, this has been the longest two weeks of our life. Right? Our next segment is the guilty pleasures segment. Um, We have already covered coronavirus guilty pleasures in our 30th birthday episode, but we thought around a little harder of what else did we do during our year of lockdown and social distancing? What other guilty pleasures did we have? Because as a recap, Anna had already talked about doing puzzles and learning how to cook family recipes with her mom. Yeah. And I talked about... Trivia Tuesday nights on Zoom, because can you get any more coronavirus than Zoom? Right. Uh,
1: <laughs> Zoom
0: and puzzles. Zoom and puzzles. But I realized that I missed a really important coronavirus category, which was baking. So my oh, yeah. <laughs> so my guilty pleasure of the week is baking. And I'm not talking about everybody at the beginning of coronavirus who were like, I'm going to make homemade made bread, bread. <laughs> and all of the yeast in every store was sold out and my friends who actually bake like bread normally in normal times were complaining that yeast could not be found anywhere in any grocery store. My baking story starts more in November. So a solid six months, seven months into coronavirus. Yeah. I really enjoy baking large amounts of baked goods for Christmas every year for my family. So the year before, uh, 2019, I made cake pops for the whole family. Two different flavors. I did like a vanilla and peppermint cake pop, and I did, you know, a triple chocolate kind of cake pop. Ah, triple chocolate.
1: Um, Sounds so good. And
0: let me tell you, cake pops are not worth the effort. (laughs) Not at all. The process of dipping all of the cake pops into chocolate and getting them pretty and decorated takes forever and is not worth any of the effort, as far as I could tell. I made probably four or 500 cake pops in 2019 for my various family members for Christmas because you can't just give somebody one cake pop. Like, you have to give them a bundle of, like, six. At least. Right, and that took forever. So this year, we hit November. It's becoming more and more apparent that holidays are not going to be the same this year. But I still wanted to bake something nice for the whole family like I normally do. So I'm watching, you know, 8 million episodes of The Great British Bake Off <laughs> and trying to, trying to get inspiration, trying to see what I want to make. And in one of the episodes, or one of the seasons actually, one of the contestants, no matter what she was told to bake, also on the side would make French macarons and she would decorate whatever they were told to bake with French macarons on top because apparently, you know, French macarons aren't hard enough as it is and whatever she was originally told to bake wasn't hard enough as it is. So if they were told to make a three-tiered cake, she would make like a three-tiered cake with macarons all around the like outside all edges. Like sprinkled with
1: macarons? Yeah, like,
0: <laughs> no, like around the edges, like oh. decorative, like bands. So <laughs> I'm sitting here watching her make the original whatever the heck they're going to make, you know, 27-layer hungarian tort, and she's making macarons on the side and I'm like, I'm sitting there going, how hard could french macarons possibly be if she's making them like as an aside every single week. <laughs> so, for christmas last year, I decided I was going to learn how to make french macarons, and I made three different flavors. I made a lemon lemon curd flavored. I made an apple apple butter flavored and I made a raspberry and raspberry jam set of macarons. And my first batch came out terribly. Like they looked (laughs) nothing like a macaron. They were burnt on the bottom. They didn't rise on the top. They had no foot. Macarons are supposed to have feet, apparently. Uh,
1: (laughs) What does that even mean? Baking
0: terminology. It means they rise properly. But I made multiple test batches and then multiple Christmas batches and at this point in time I'm starting to feel like I can bake like my macarons are starting to come out good Uh, just recently a couple of weeks ago I made a couple of batches of pistachio and white chocolate macarons for my stepmom's birthday
1: oh yeah I was gonna ask how did that they came
0: out so good so good that's good I took the extras to work, and my boss was like, these are fantastic.
1: Hey, you didn't bring me any.
0: I did not bring you any.
1: No, that's nope. not fair. Uh-uh. I did get lucky this year, and I got lemon ones, <laughs> so they were so good. So
0: for me, my guilty pleasure of the year that we have not talked about already was baking. Just tr- just the endless batches of macarons, trying to get the texture to turn out perfectly, working on my game and my flavors and my shells. That is my coronavirus guilty Pleasure.
1: (laughs) Well, I wish I would have been as productive as you. But I mean, my guilty pleasure was just the plethora of amount of freaking streaming services that I own currently. I don't even remember what I would watch. I just I know that I have. Probably every single streaming service. Oh, at one point, I probably had all of them. I've streaming canceled a few. Streaming services
0: are definitely guilty pleasures. So what do you got? I know you got Disney Plus because I bummed that off of you. while. <laughs> yes.
1: So I got Netflix. I got Disney Plus. I got Hulu. I have Stars. I have... You had
0: HBO for a while, didn't I you? I
1: still have HBO Max. I have HBO Max. I most recently just got Discovery Plus because it's also offered free for Verizon. So... I got that, even though I haven't really do, uh, looked at it. I used to have. Oh my gosh, what is that one? That was supposed to be geared towards like um, Quibies? Yes, that, the yeah, that minute minute one. Yeah, ones? the ten-minute one. I had that one. I have Peacock, which is like NBC. Yeah, and I think that might be it.
0: So many streaming services. I have so
1: many. I had oh, I had Epix, but I canceled that one. I had. I still have Stars.
0: I think it's starting to get a little ridiculous. Like originally, Every, it was you were supposed to have one. You know, Netflix. Yeah. Netflix was so much cheaper than having cable. But but this point, when you have ten different services, it adds up. I did actually because football season was so terrible this year and had so many coronavirus restrictions and I don't personally have cable to watch football I usually go to sports bars but sports bars weren't really ha- happening yeah, this year either no so I did pay for I did pay for a streaming service just for sports mm. for for the you know 10 weeks of football season and then I've canceled that already
1: well for a minute there I had the Hulu plus live tv because i went through like well i wanted to watch sports as well and they had sports and stuff and we were watching the voice and things like that which you can technically watch the next day which is one of the reasons i ended up canceling the live version portion of it was because first of all they like made it ten dollars more expensive so sorry and secondly most of the shows that i already were was watching they were they play them on regular Hulu the next day. So I don't mind waiting a day. But I don't think that I ever watched this much TV, th- these many mo- like this many movies. Like it was just.
0: It was a long year.
1: It was and every time a, a new year.
0: show comes out on Netflix, and, I mean, starting with Tiger King. Yeah. And then the Queen's Gambit and now Bridgerton. Like yeah. every time one of those shows drops, you know, like the entire country yes. stops and watches it.
1: Yeah, because there's nothing else to do. And the the hard part about having so many is so many choices, you don't even know what to watch. Like, nothing seems good enough because you're like, I could check this other one just in case. And... I i it was an right. obsession
0: you just spent 30 minutes browsing and couldn't find anything to watch even yes. though you went through 10,000 <laughs> shows
1: so then I would always go back to like when I wasn't working criminal minds criminal <laughs> minds and then because I had the hulu live I went back to I love lucy I love that show so I would watch I love lucy And then when I would get home from work, I would watch Family Feud. They played it for like two hours or something, like an hour, like three episodes. I don't know. And I would watch that. So I would watch like just basic stuff. It wasn't even like I was taking full advantage of my streaming services. I was just watching I Love Lucy. I've been currently watching Criminal Minds a lot because it's one of those shows that I can put in the background and not really pay attention because I already know what's going to happen. Right. So I can like multitask. But if I don't know what's going to happen, that show needs my full undivided attention. So I need to be watching. So I, so I got let's... my
0: little sisters a Crunchyroll subscription for Christmas so that they could watch anime.
1: Oh, yeah. You were telling me about that. Yeah. And
0: I obviously, since I'm the one paying for it, have the username and the password. And I have been trying really hard to hold out and like not watch all of their shows while they're trying to stream.
1: <laughs> you like get ahead of them. Right. <laughs> But I think HBO Max has an anime section as well. And Netflix has a couple. um, Yeah. I mean, they do. Yeah. I don't even know what, like, my favorite show was because I just, I I have to be honest, I never watched Tiger King.
0: You never never watched watched Tiger
1: King? No, I never did. I just didn't think it was.
0: You really should watch it. (laughs)
1: Should I, though? I don't know. Yes. (laughs) I just didn't really, it was just one of those. You just need
0: to watch the episode about Carol Baskin.
1: Okay. Okay, I could do that. I could do that. Like I was saying, I wasn't using my streaming services to its full potential. I would just watch shows that I like hadn't watched in a long time.
0: Carol Baskin has a lot of the basic white girl features in her face that I have, and I honestly considered being Carol Baskin for Halloween.
1: Oh, I could. You should have done that. Because
0: it would have been so easy.
1: What did you what did you dress up as? As a Barbie doll. Oh, that's right. I remember. I remember now. <laughs> I don't remember much that night. Just kidding. Yes, I do.
0: So that is our uh, our other guilty pleasures. pleasures. Adding on to our guilty, ple- there's nothing to do during coronavirus other than having guilty pleasures. Yes. So, that is the end of our second segment on coronavirus guilty pleasures. Let us know what you think, or if you have streaming TV show recommendations, because heaven knows we need to stop rewatching Criminal
1: Minds. Right. <laughs> So I know there's not a lot of reason to celebrate again this year, but tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day. So for the Born in the 90s segment, we are going to talk about past St. Patrick's Days that we have had and that we remember and that have been
0: meaningful to us. The fun times in the past, back (laughs) when you were allowed to celebrate in large crowds with copious amounts of alcohol and no other uh, reason for being there?
1: You know, I've never really been like a huge St. Patrick's Day person. I know I try to wear green and I try to, you know, but minimalistically, even though I went through like a huge green phase uh, where that was my favorite color.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I guess you can't really wear all the shirts that say, you know, I'm Irish. That's
1: true. (laughs) That's true. But I, I just, I always try to have something green, obviously, because because of St. Patrick's Day, but I've never been really been huge into it. But I do remember when I was older and growing, you know, going to like bars and stuff, I was so disappointed that it wasn't like a special green made beer. Like, what the heck? Oh, getting, getting the green beer at yes, the bar? Yeah. Yes. They, always,
0: they always use just like the cheapest beer on tap. Like the green beer is disgusting.
1: I just remember when, I think I was at Buffalo Wild Wings or something, and the girl was like, yeah, you can have whatever beer. We just put dye in it. And I was like, mind blown. I thought there was like this special green, green Irish, Irish beer, beer that was specially made for St. Patrick's day. I was, I mean, I had, was probably like 22 or 23 when I figured this out, obviously, cause I just barely started drinking, right. but I was mind blown so disappointing i know (laughs) i was like what is going on here what here i was expecting to have like some irish beer that was like a awesome name and everything and then it's just well i don't
0: particularly dress up either i'm also not irish And and I've never gotten really into the all wild and crazy, you know, green striped everything. But I do have a very sentimental pair of four-leaf clover earrings that I try to wear every year because it's like literally the only day of the year you can wear them. Yeah. That my great-grandmother actually gave me when I was a kid. She was the kind of woman who decorated her house all year round for whatever the current holiday was. Every like, holiday. Every something. holiday. Like she decorated her entire house, you know, hearts for Valentine's Day, and then decorated her entire house, you know, clovers for St. Patrick's Day, and then it was all the Easter decorations, and then it would be, you know, very Americana, maybe for Memorial Day decorations into Fourth into of July. Fourth of July. <laughs> yeah, she her, her entire house was always decorated, and she had all of the outfits, too, and the jewelry and Like, ridiculously holiday. I can't even explain. So she would give us things as kids that we didn't really appreciate. Like, for Christmas, she would give us Christmas ornaments. Yeah. And I was like, what am I going to do with a Christmas ornament? I'm 12. But I do really like and really appreciate the four-leaf clover earrings. I still try to wear them every year. And, I mean, I have a lot of brewery and bar and drinking friends that Anna doesn't necessarily have. Yeah, So... When it comes to St. Patrick's Day, it is usually a big deal for my brewery friends. Last year, it was going to be a big thing. We were going to have a costume contest. It was on a Tuesday night, so it was my Tuesday trivia brewery friends that were going to be all into it. And of course, that got canceled. It was the first day of the lockdown. But the year before that, St. Patrick's Day 2019, we did have a successful St. Patrick's Day. We went out to a bar like in Laguna Beach. It was a lot of fun, great Mm, weather, beautiful sunshine. And the bar, everybody was dressed up all crazy. Like, I was wearing the green shirt and my St. Patrick's Day earrings. So I was, like, the lowest key person in the bar. This was the kind of bar where people were wearing, like, full-on leprechaun suits. Oh, my gosh. um, For St. Patrick's Day, like, head-to-toe green. And they had this great, like, local yacht rock band. Like, I don't know. Have you ever heard yacht rock music? No, never. It's just, like, (laughs) this, like, low-key, like, soft rock kind of genre that you... I guess the idea is that, like, rich people listen to it when they're on their yachts. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so there's this really fun band called Yachty by Nature, <laughs> and they dress up in all, like, you know, like, sea captain, like, very nautical wear because they're making fun of yachts. That's funny. Like, <laughs> they're really, really entertaining, actually. Very, very entertaining. And they were, they were doing live music, and the whole bar was packed, Like elbow to elbow, standing room only. so fun. Like I feel that's what St. Patrick's Day is supposed to be like here in America where we all pretend we're not actually Irish. Um.
1: (laughs) Well, it's the same thing for Cinco de Mayo. Everyone's Mexican for Cinco de Mayo. Everyone is Irish for For St. Patrick's Patrick's Day. Day. Exactly. Yeah. No,
0: right. This year for St. Patrick's Day, I mean, we're not going to really be doing any kind of St. Patrick's Day celebrations at
1: all. We were going to do a beer fest. We were thinking
0: about doing an at-home beer tasting, yeah. yes. So maybe we will end up having having some Irish beer, some Guinness. Like some, our own homemade, because we, like
1: we didn't like the list that was being provided with that. No.
0: The- I mean, the list is all local craft beers, so A, none of them are Irish. And then B, they were yeah. going to throw in some whiskeys on the side. But I'm not really into whiskey, and they were offering like a peanut butter whiskey, and I don't even understand why anybody would want to ruin peanut butter with whiskey. <laughs> hey, you never know. I mean, it could be good.
1: It could be, but probably not.
0: Someday, next year, maybe, we will be able to have a true St. Patrick's Day party again. And you know it's going to be quite a
1: party. I know, right? I think any party after this is going to be be huge. huge. It's going to be a problem. Like the first problem. The first problem. The first problem. The first year after COVID. (laughs) Every
0: party is going to be like the biggest fucking Easter ever. The biggest St. Patrick's Day ever. The biggest... (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Oktoberfest. It doesn't matter.
1: It's the. I mean, go big or go home. For one thing, Mexicans always do already like big parties for everything. Like, oh, it's my son's first birthday. Like, six hundred people. Six hundred people. But like, this is gonna be huge. I can I can imagine for everybody. So that is the end of our. One year of COVID,
0: COVID anniversary, St. Patrick's Day anniversary. I guess that's not really an anniversary. It's just a holiday. Just a holiday. End of our one year of COVID episode. Thank you for listening. Bye, guys. We'll see you next week. See you next week. If you're enjoying our podcast, please like and subscribe. We release a
1: new episode every Tuesday. For bonus features, videos, extra content, and to keep us ad-free, please support us on Patreon. For throwback photos and a sneak peek behind the scenes, follow us on Instagram at TheDirtyOn30. And if you have any recommendations for our guilty pleasures or Born in the 90s segments, shoot us an email at TheDirtyOn30 at gmail.com. Stay safe. We'll see see you next week. week.